Hello, everybody, and welcome to the playoff edition of the Low Hud Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Vin Mercogliano. On this Thursday, May 25th, 2017, we're just two days away from the Section 1 Baseball Championships, which will be held at Dutchess Stadium on Saturday. All four finals on one day. It's, it's going to be a long day, but it's also going to be a fun day. And those matchups are set now that Wednesday's semifinal round is complete. In a little while, uh, at the end of the program, we're going to be talking to two of the coaches that will be playing for championships over the weekend. First up, we'll have White Plains coach Marcel Galgani, who's going to talk about his team making it back to the section final for the first time since 1979. And after Coach Galgani, we'll have Coach Mike Oliva from Pearl River, who's taking the Pirates back to the section final in Class A, which will be an all-Rockland County section final. We'll get to those guys in just a little bit, but bear with me for a, for a moment. Here where we kind of recap what's going on in this crazy week or so since the playoffs have begun. I have to tell you that in my seven years of covering baseball for the Journal News and LowHud.com, I can't remember a playoffs that, that really seemed this crazy in terms of the upsets and the unpredictability. And I'm not the only person who said that. I've had many people make those remarks to me in the last few days, including one person who's been around Section 1 baseball for about 40 years. He's coached. He's umpired. He told me that this, to him, is the most upsets he's ever seen in one set of Section 1 baseball playoffs, which really tells you a lot. We'll start off in Class AA, uh, which will be the final final of the day on Saturday. That will be at 7 o'clock. White Plains will be taking on Arlington. And just look at the semifinals in AA. The top four seeds were all eliminated before you got to the finals. I mean, pretty much all season, especially towards the end, I felt like there was a pretty clear top four in Class AA. John J. East Fishkill was number one pretty much all season. Fox Lane was my pick to win the tournament. I really liked what the Foxes had done this year. And then you had the two big teams from Rockland, Suffren and North Rockland, who had also had really, really strong seasons. None of those teams made it to the semifinals, which really tells you a lot about how, how much parity there was, how unpredictable it is, and especially in a one-and-done format, really anything can happen. North Rockland was the number one seed. They get knocked out in the first round by Yorktown, which I know was, was a huge, huge shock. That's two years in a row we've had a number one seed go down in the first round. If you remember from last year in Class A, Hen Hud was the number one. They got beat by Brewster in the first round. North Rockland had the same thing happen to them this year. And then the other teams that I mentioned as my top four, Suffren, East Fishkill, and Fox Lane, all get knocked out in the quarterfinals. Really, really crazy stuff. So you end up with the number five seed, the number nine seed, the number 10 seed, and the number 11 seed in the Class AA semifinals. Yesterday, I went up to Arlington to see the 10th seeded uh, Admirals play 11 seeded Scarsdale. No. Arlington is a program with a a strong tradition of success. It wasn't too long ago that they won back-to-back section titles, 2012-2013. So even though they were a 10 seed, I'm sure it wasn't a huge shock to see them make that point. But this Scarsdale team really came out of nowhere. I mean, they went on a tear where they they won 13 out of 16 games after they had started the season 0-5. Really, really impressed with the lineup on that team. I mean, Tyler Mandel especially. His first at bat against Arlington yesterday, he plants one over the left field fence. He always seems to hit the ball hard. It almost got him in a little bit of trouble later on in the game because he hit a ball hard in the, in the hole. The shortstop got it, and it turned into a, a really crucial double play in that game. But 
Tyler Mandel was a guy who had a tremendous, tremendous season for Scarsdale. Really carried that program to new heights. Definitely kudos to him and the entire Raiders program. But Arlington ended up just being too much. Kevin Besco pitched a great game for them on short rest, and their bats took care of it early, kind of putting up five runs in the first three innings to put Scarsdale in a hole that they just wouldn't be able to climb out of. So that's how that game went. Arlington is back in the section final. Even though they didn't have the typical regular season that you might expect out of a team like that, they really, really did a solid job in the playoffs, and now they're going to get an opportunity to play for a section title. They will be facing White Plains. We're going to talk a lot more about White Plains later in the program once we get Coach on the phone, but White Plains has been rolling. I mean, if you look at the, the path that they had to go down to get into this section final, I picked them to get upset in the first round because they were facing Horace Greeley and their vaunted ace, Brandon Neek, who we know is a Major League Baseball prospect. The guy's throwing 93-94 consistently. Uh, he might even end up being in the first round once we get to that 2018 draft next year. We'll have to see how the offseason plays out, but... Really, really tough matchup for them. Neek had beaten them in the playoffs last year. I thought he might do it again, but White Plains had a great approach. Uh, they got a great adding out of their starter, Mike Adonito, and they end up squeaking by Horace Greeley with a 3 nothing win. And then after that, you really had to feel like they had momentum in their corner. And they absolutely pummeled Suffering and Mayapak in back-to-back games in the quarters and semis by a combined score of 15-1. to So really, really impressive showing from the Tigers. They're marching on to the section final, as I mentioned at the top, first time since 1979 that they will be playing for a section title. Moving on to Class A, and it's pretty crazy, but we've got two Rockland County teams playing for the final. So that goes to show you how much baseball has improved, in particular, in that league in Rockland County. Because if you think about recent years, pretty much every year it's come down to either John Jay which had won two of the previous four Class A titles, or whichever team emerged out of that really tough Westchester Class A league with Byram Hills, with Harrison, with Eastchester, with Rye, you go down the list. But this year, none of those teams have made it. It's all Rockland County. You've got Pearl River, which is the number one seed. I think a lot of people expected them to be there. To me, they have the most complete team in the class when you look at pitching depth. When you look at depth in the lineup, their defense is pretty solid, and they've got some experience on that roster, which is why Pearl River was my pick before the tournament started to win the whole thing. But the surprise in Class A is Nyack, the number 14 seed. This is the second year in a row where we've had a team that came out of the out bracket round that made it all the way to the Class A final. Brewster did it last year. Nyack is doing it now. Nyack, a lot like Scarsdale in AA, got off to a really tough start this season. They were 0-7-1 in their first eight games, but now they've been on a tear, and they just seem to keep winning. They keep finding ways to win. I knew that they had a dangerous team. I actually had them in my top A, I mean my top 10 for Class A to begin the year, but then they really had that slow start, so I dropped them out, and you know we weren't really sure what to make of them. But now we're starting to see that talent come around. They've, they've got a few quality pitchers. They've got some big bats in that lineup. They've got some experience. This is a team that won a couple playoff games last year, so... We're starting to see Nyack is, you know, not not nearly what, what we saw them being in the beginning part of the year, but they're actually a much, much better team. In fact, a championship caliber team. And I really think that it's exciting for Rockland County baseball fans to see two of their own teams now playing for a Class A title. Moving on to Class B. Class B, this is another round where for a minute it looked like it was going to be chalk, but it ends up having a huge upset in the quarterfinals that has everybody scratching their head. To me... Briarcliff was the most complete team in the regular season. And I, I would still make the case that Briarcliff 
probably if they had to play a best out of three series against any team in Class B, would maybe be victorious. But look what happens. They have a 4-0 lead against Croton in the quarterfinals. The Croton comes back late in the game to tie it 4-4. They go into extra innings on Tuesday. That game has to be suspended due to darkness. They pick up the game again Wednesday, right before the semifinals were going to start, and Croton ends up getting a homer from Chris Colombo to win that game and knock off the number one seed, Briarcliff, which was 18-2 and during the regular season and really seemed like the runaway favorite. So again, it goes to show you how unpredictable these playoffs can be. Briarcliff goes down, Croton moves on to the semifinals, but who does Croton run into? Albertus Magnus. And in my opinion, Albertus Magnus... I thought was the second most likely team to win the whole tournament this year in Class B. They've got a wealth of uh, experience. They've got some firepower in that lineup. This is a team that was only two years removed from a section final, and and they end up taking it to Croton big time in that game with a 14-3 win. They left no doubt. And now Magnus is back in the section final for the second time in three years. There's a lot to like about that team. Their opponent in the final, will be Edgemont. And, and Edgemont's really a great story because this is a team that in the last decade or so has not had a ton of success in baseball. Their last section finals appearance was 1999. They're not a team that we traditionally see winning much in the playoffs, but they had a senior-laden group this year. Coach Mike Kaza has done a great job with this team, and here they are in the finals. They squeaked by Putnam Valley in the semifinals with a 3-2 win, and importantly, I should definitely note, they did not use their ace, Chrishan Weber, in that game. So it seems like he'll be the starter against Magnus on Saturday in the Class B final, which will start at 1 p.m. So you, you're probably going to have Edgemont's number one starter against a really quality lineup that Albertus Magnus has, which to me could make for a really, really good game. And you know what? I have to say, and, and you know, this could sound like hyperbole, but I, I really do believe it to be the truth this year. If you look at Class C... With Tuckahoe and North Salem in a rematch of last year's championship game, I think we have the potential to have four really, really classic, really hotly contested games for all four Section 1 finals this weekend. You know, North Salem is a state champion, and they might be the favorite to repeat as state champions, but... If you ask them about last year during their playoff run, their toughest opponent might have been Tuckahoe. Once North Salem got to the regionals and got to the states, they really ran away with it. But Tuckahoe is a team that has come on strong in the last few years. They were section champions two years ago. I know they feel like they were right there with North Salem last year. They've got a lot of talent returning in that lineup, and you know, you absolutely know that they are itching for another shot at North Salem. So to me, the Class C final has, has the potential to be really, really good. And what's interesting, especially to me about Class C, is that in the semifinals, both Tuckahoe and North Salem held their ace pitchers. So what we have lined up now for Saturday at 10 a.m. is North Salem will be sending their left-hander Connor Mahoney, who seems to get double-digit strikeouts in every game that he pitches. And I'm expecting Tuckahoe to throw Anthony DeFabia, young kid. He's only a freshman, but but he's been their best pitcher, it seems like, this year. He'll be fully rested and ready to go on Saturday. So, so if you want to see some good pitching, if you want to see some battle-tested teams that both feel like they have the potential to win the entire state, I, I would try to get there early on Saturday for the Class C final. Now, we're going to get to our interviews in just a couple minutes with Coach Galgani and Coach Oliva, but first off, before we do that, there's a couple things I want to mention because a lot of people have been asking me questions 
since earlier in the season when I wrote a column with a couple suggestions for how I might change the format for the Section 1 playoffs. If, if I were in charge, obviously I'm not in charge, so these are just suggestions. But I would like to clarify a couple of the things that I talked about. You know, it's really fun in some ways when you have this one-and-done format, win or go home. You know, it adds to the pressure, the intensity at every single playoff game that I covered in the last week was absolutely through the roof because these kids know, especially the seniors, that – If you don't play to your potential, if you don't play your best on that given day, it doesn't matter what you accomplish in the regular season, you could be going home early. And in some ways, that's a lot of fun. But for the baseball purists, the people who know that baseball is a crazy game, and depending on who's pitching that day, depending on one crazy error or whatever might happen in a game, you know, the best team doesn't necessarily always win. So the question is, How do we solve that? Is there a way that we can improve these playoffs to make it more rewarding for the teams that had the good regular seasons and give us a truer champion, uh, you know, uh, the best possible representative from Section 1 who can go on to the state tournament and hopefully do some damage? Now, what I wrote earlier in the season was that in order to lengthen the playoffs and maybe think about a double elimination format, you would probably have to cut the regular season down. My suggestion was take it from 20 to 18 games. Now, as we saw, a lot of teams had trouble getting 20 in this year because the weather was so crazy. So many teams already played around 18 games instead of 20, although there were quite a few that worked really hard to squeeze in those 20 games. So by cutting it down to 18, yes, you, you, you know, you're, you're taking away a couple regular season games, and I know those games are precious, but you're adding to that playoff atmosphere in those games that are really compelling, those games that really get the fans into it, and the games that are ultimately the most exciting for the players. So let's say you cut the regular season down to 18 games, and you can maybe start the playoffs a day or two earlier. If you can do that, I would, I would advocate for... 20 teams making it in the playoffs in each class. I know some people would be more in favor of 16, and I wouldn't have a problem with that, but from what I've been told from the section coordinators and the people that make these decisions, getting them to agree on anything less than 20 would be difficult. So let's say you get 20. That leaves you with four out-bracket games in each class, and no team that is a worse than a 12 seed will have to play an out-bracket game. So the top 12 are protected. They know they're going right into the first round. They don't have to worry about burning a pitcher for an out-bracket game. So that rewards those top 12 for having a good regular season. Out-bracket game is one and done, and then you have your regular 16 for your first round and, and, and your normal bracket. The first round, I don't know if there's any way around a single elimination format for the first round, just because... You know, time becomes a concern, and there's still a lot of teams at that point. So my proposal would be have those 16 teams in each class play a single elimination first-round game. But after that, you go to double elimination. You go to a pool format, similar to what you would see in a World Cup or what we saw in the World Baseball Classic. So basically what that tells every team is don't take any chances in that first round. We we see a lot of coaches who are worried about saving their aces, and sometimes it works, sometimes it comes back to bite them. By saying that after the first round it's double elimination, you're putting the onus on coaches to say, okay, I'm no matter what going to throw my best in this first round game because I know that I absolutely need to win this game. So first round is single elimination, and then you're left with eight teams in each class. With the eight teams, I say you make two pools of four. In those two pools, 
all four teams play each other once. So each team gets three games within the pool play. The winner from each pool would then emerge, giving us two teams left in each class. Those two teams would then be in the championship finals, and those two teams, I believe, should play a best-of-three series to determine the champion. So rather than the current format where you might have to win four or five games to become a champion, in the format that I'm proposing, you would probably have to win six or seven games to, be, to, to become a champion. So yes, you're lengthening the playoffs by a game or two you know, for the team that ultimately makes it and wins the championship, but by taking away two games from the regular season, I think you make that situation more manageable. To me, I think this would be the most exciting. I think it would give us the, the truest champion in each class. And it would take away from that, that you know, kind of crazy mindset where you have to worry about how you're going to manage your pitching. And if I burn my ace this day, then I'm going to have to play a one-and-done format uh, the next day without having my ace available. With the first round of single elimination, you know everybody would throw their aces. Then those eight teams, those top eight teams that make it into the pool play, the two pools of four, those teams could then you know, be able to throw their ace in one of those three games, but it will test your pitching depth, and you'll have to use your number two and your number three, and the team that makes it out of that pool would ultimately be the team that probably has the most depth. I don't know how everybody else feels about that. If you have a better suggestion, I'd love to hear it. This is something that I've talked about with some coaches that a lot of people seem to be in favor of, and I do get the impression that they're starting to entertain some ideas, and we could see some changes in the playoff format uh, you know, maybe in the next year or two. But if it were up to me, based on a lot of conversations that I've had, I think that this is the best possible proposal that I could come up with. Now that I've gotten that off my chest, because that's something that, that kind of irks me every year, and I know that it seems like it's a topic of conversation every single year, we can get into the fun stuff, start previewing some of these finals. I'm going to have my previews and predictions posted on lowhud.com by the end of the day on Thursday, so make sure you go ahead and check those out. I'll obviously be there all day on Saturday to cover the games. My colleague Josh Thompson will be with me. We'll also have a photographer or camera guy. We'll be giving you guys video highlights, photo galleries. I'll be scoring the games live, live Twitter updates. You go, down, you go on down the line. We'll be doing everything we possibly can. It's going to be a long, long day, but I'm sure it will be very entertaining. I would encourage everybody, if you can, to make the drive up to Dutchess Stadium to catch at least one or two of those championship games. For now... Let's get into my interviews with the coaches who are kind enough to come on the program today. First, we'll talk to White Plains coach Marcel Galgani, and f- immediately following that, you'll hear from Pro River coach Mike Oliva. Joining us by phone now is the head coach of the White Plains Tigers, Mar- Marcel Galgani. The Tigers are heading to the Section uh, 1 Championship Game Class AA for the first time, I'm told, since 1979, which is a really long run. Coach, how you doing today? I'm sure it feels pretty good to have this program uh, in some pretty rare territory right now. It sure does. Feeling good. <laughs> well, we were supposed to get on the phone a little while ago, and, and you texted me a picture because you had to delay it a little bit. It sounds like you had a, a bet with your team about dyeing your hair if you guys made it to the section championship game. Just tell <laughs> us a little bit about what you've been doing for the last hour or so. Uh, well, I had, a, I had to make a had to make a salon visit, um, but I certainly <laughs> wasn't going to do this on my own, so. You know the boys. Uh, the boys actually had all dyed their hair for our uh, spring trip to Charleston, um, and I told them down on our trip, you know, if they made a run and got themselves to uh, got the ball club to the section finals, that I would uh, I would join the club and dye my hair. Um, and this is where we are, man. <laughs> How's it looking? 
Um, well, according to, to, to my six-period class that just saw me, they, they think it looks fresh. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I'm excited to see it on Saturday. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this playoff run that you guys have had. Uh, you know, we joked about it a little bit. You, you had a really tough draw in the first round against Horace Greeley and, and their ace pitcher, Brandon Meek. Uh, yep. We all know that he's highly touted. He's a, he's a major league baseball prospect, no doubt about it. Yep. I was at the game last year, same round, first round. You guys drew them. Again, you were the five seed. They were the 12. And, and he really shut you down that day. What was your message to the guys going into that really tough game in the first round to kind of get them ready to, to be able to face a top caliber pitcher like that? Uh, you know, I think the fact that we had, you know, three full days of preparation um, was important. Uh, and the mentality was that, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to make a run in this tournament, regardless, I mean, we're going to, we're going to run into tough pitching, you know, at some point, um, you know, unfortunately for us, you know, obviously it had to be a first round game as it was last year, but the kids were confident, you know, the kids were confident. I mean, we, we obviously, uh, you know, we, we prepared the kids for, for three straight days and had the, uh, you know, had the machine dialed up and did, you know, did everything we needed to do to kind of get their mindset correct and, uh, and, and have the right approach on plate. And, uh, and we had some we had some really good quality at bats. I I know you're a guy who loves to talk baseball, talk hitting approach. Uh, you know, uh, we, we've had many conversations about it over the years. What was the main thing that you felt like your guys had to do effectively against a guy who we know can bring 93, 94 mile an hour heat? Right. I mean, I mean, against a kid like that, I mean, you know, being being patient is is almost one of the worst things that you can do. I mean, you almost have to. You know, you almost have to be try to be more aggressive than than, than he is as a pitcher, and you, you know, you want to try to beat that ball uh, to, to to point of contact. You know, I mean, if you're sitting there and you're trying to track, you know, multiple pitches, you know, you're you're going to struggle, especially at the high school level. I mean, some of these kids, you know, will never see that velocity again. So it's almost at, at times you you, you got to cheat the game a little bit there, and you got to get everything started much much earlier than you're accustomed to. Once you guys get that win, did it really feel like momentum was in your corner and that this had a chance to be a special run? Yeah, I mean, I think it did, and and that ultimately was the message to, to to the ball club. You know, I mean, you you just you just beat the best you know the best pitcher in section one, one of the top pitchers in the state of New York. Um, you know, and it goes to show you that you can you can play with anybody, you can beat anybody in any given day. In these two last two games, I mean, I saw suffering a few times this year, and I was really impressed with that team. Yeah, you drew them in the quarterfinals. They got some big boys that could swing the bats, no doubt about yeah. it. Their offense was really productive this year. But you guys beat them 7-1, to one, and then you come out and beat a quality Mayapak team 8 nothing. So do you, do you feel like the pitching is clicking on all cylinders right now and the offense is doing its thing? Yeah, I mean, listen, the pitching the pitching for us has been, been what's carried us all year. Um, you know, there, there were some lapses during the course of the season where, you know, defensively on occasion we wouldn't necessarily make the routine play. You know, but our, our our pitchers have done more than what we could have asked of them um, to keep us in every game. You know, we've, we've gotten the timely hitting throughout the course of the season. And, you know, the kids' confidence right now, you know, the ball club's confidence right now is, is exactly where you want it to be at the end of the season. But our pitching has, has been just rock solid. You know what's crazy about the pitching, too, is, you know, last year your ace was Spencer Lowe's. This is yeah. a guy that was probably mid to high 80s with a really nasty slider. Yeah. You haven't been able to use him as much as I'm sure you would like this season. No, but no. but you've had guys step up. So just talk a little bit about how even though you you've lost your ace in some ways, your pitching staff has really really carried this team in many ways. Yeah, I mean, listen, you you know, as a ball club, you never want to go into a season um, knowing that you're not going to have you know your top arm available to pitch for you. 
Um, and that's kind of the boat we were in. And it's almost like a like a blessing in disguise because it's that next man up mentality. And guys have to step up, and it gives other guys an opportunity. It gives them more quality innings. And, uh, you know, listen, Adonito and Hauser, I mean, both of those guys have been the anchors of this ball club. Um, and, and they've gone out there, and they've, they've relished the opportunity. They've taken full advantage of the opportunity and the repetitions and the extra innings. And, and you know, they, they, they just they, they welcome the challenge every time they step on the mound. And when you've got two competitors like that that want the baseball and want to be in command of the game, you know, you feel confident as a coach, and then that confidence carries over to your ball club and the boys on the field. So that, that's, that's kind of where we are right now. Yeah, the, those pair of lefties have, have really been good for you guys this season. I also wanted to talk a little bit about that, that stretch where you had, and I know we were we were texting a little bit that week because it was frustrating for you, but I'm curious if now you feel like maybe it paid dividends and helped this team grow. You went up to Dutchess County. We know you know the brand of baseball up there is, is some of the best in Section 1. A lot of times mm-hmm. the AA champion comes from that Dutchess County league. You lost, I think, back-to-back days or two out of three days both games and extra innings by one run to Fishkill and then to Arlington. So talk about that stretch, how frustrating it was, but then what the message and what the team took away from, from losing those really tough games. Yeah. I mean, and that, 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 you know, those last, those were the last uh, two ball games of our, of our regular season. Um, so it was a, it was a Thursday game up at, uh, up at Fishkill, um, followed by a, by a Saturday game at Arlington. Um, and they were carbon copies of each other. You know, we dropped a 4-3 extra inning game um, at Fishkill, and then we dropped a uh, – uh, or rather at Arlington first, and then we dropped the same exact game, 4-3 in extra innings uh, um, over at Fishkill. So, obviously, you don't, you don't you know, want to lose baseball games. Um, but the fact that those were two winnable games, we felt we actually should have won those games um, and known we could have won those games had we executed a little bit better. Um Obviously gave the kids confidence that, that, you know, again, we've pretty much seen everybody in the section, teams that we're most likely going to see down the road, and we felt confident that we could play with anybody. So there was no, you know, there was no fear. Uh, the guys were loose. The guys were relaxed um, and went into the postseason with the right mentality and the right mindset. Now, you've had a chance to see Arlington. That's going to be your opponent on Saturday for the championship. What did you take away from seeing that ball club, and what do you think is going to be the keys to beating them? Listen, I think I think they're, they're they're a fantastic ball club, and as as you've said in the past, and numerous people have noticed, I mean, there, there were there were, you know, possibly ten, eleven ball clubs that that could have that could have won this section this year. Um, it was it was pretty wide open, um, and Arlington obviously being one of those teams. But you know, they're a ball club that you know they're fundamentally sound. You know, they pitch, they they they, they pick up the ball regularly, and uh, and they got guys in the lineup that can swing the bat. I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating a, a really good ball game, a close ball game, um, and it ultimately is going to come down to the team that executes best. You know, the team that throws strikes and picks up and picks up the baseball gets that timely hit, right? Just like any other baseball game. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be a fun one. It'll be the nightcap. I'm sure a lot of people will be very interested in what happens in that game. I'm also sure I've been hearing from a lot of people just in the last 24 hours from White Plains who are thrilled with this run that you guys have been on. Like we mentioned at the top, it's been 38, 39 years since White Plains has been at this stage. You've got a nice blend, it seems, of, of juniors and seniors on this team. What's the feel like around campus, around the city right now, in terms of what this team has been able to accomplish so far? Uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've been blessed so over the course of, the, of my 19 years here on White Plains. I mean, the, the, the community, you know, both when I was coaching soccer here for 16 years and, and baseball, you know, has really embraced um, – you know the the 
the, the mentality that, 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 you know, we kind of brought to, to, to each program. Um, you know, so, so people are extremely supportive. Um, it's, it's nice to see the, 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 you know, the baseball community here in White Plains excited. Um, you know, but we, we, we honestly felt that this was, this was a long time coming. You know, we, we've been working really hard for, uh, for several years. Um, you know, I've, I've been working with these kids since they were, you know, eight, nine years old. And, and now we're, we're enjoying the fruits of our labor. You know, so these kids are, are deserving of what they've accomplished. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can, we can steal the deal come Saturday. Yeah, well, that that game on Saturday at Dutchess Stadium will start at seven o'clock. At least that's the plan for now, and unless some of the earlier games run into extra innings or something like that, it it should be fun, Coach. I'm really looking forward to it. I'll definitely see you then, and I really appreciate you coming on the program today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Vince. All right, we'll see you then. All right, bud. All right, and now joining us by phone, we have the head coach of the Pearl River Pirates. Mike Oliva, uh, the Pirates have had a great season, number one seed in Class A. They're on their way to the final now where they'll be playing Nyack at 4 o'clock at Dutchess Stadium on Saturday. Mike, thanks for joining us. No problem, Vin. Happy to be here. Yeah, I, obviously it's been a great week for you guys. You're headed to the finals. You know, you came in as the number one seed, and you guys have done a, a pretty good job of handling that pressure. Let's, let's start with that and just give me an idea of what you've seen from the boys and how they've kind of embraced this role as, as being the favorite in the tournament. Yeah, I think uh, Kevin Kevin Skrima said it best the other day after the Byron Hills one nothing win. We we've actually embraced the pressure. You know, we we knew we had a pretty good team coming into this season, and once we started winning some games, you know, we started getting that target on our back. So we knew that teams would be gunning for us. So we've we've uh, done a good job of handling that pressure, and we, we I think we we play we, we play a little better. You know when. Um, when when the game's on the line, you know we've actually, to be honest, struggled at times with leads. That's why yesterday was was nice to uh, get the early lead and then keep pushing back. You know that's kind of been a little focus for us the last few weeks. When a team pushes back on us, we come right back at them. You know and answer back. Uh, you know on offense. So yeah. Well, you. Uh, yep. Yeah. No, I was going to say you guys with that nine three win over Lakeland yesterday in the semifinals. That was really a nice way to kind of put an exclamation point on it and win that game with some certainty. I was at the previous game against Byron Hills in the quarterfinals, and that one was a little bit of a nail biter, one nothing. You guys seemed to have runners on every base, uh, on base every inning in that in that game, but it, it was a struggle to get them in. But like you said, Kevin Scrimma was really clutch in that game with a complete game shutout, and with the pitching that you have, I feel like. It, it, it's safe to say that you guys can win in a variety of ways. Maybe some days you're banging the ball around and other days you're relying more on your pitching. That's exactly it, Vin. That's exactly it. We've won We've won a variety of different ways this year. We've uh, won tight games with, with excellent pitching from those three guys. And, uh, you know, Scrimma, Sassano, and Sabino played, played very good defense. We've out-hit teams where we've just, you know, got on fire and, and able to out-hit teams. And then when the bats struggle a little bit, we've been able to scrap together uh, victories, you know, with our, you know, we're very aggressive on the bases, uh, as you know, if, if, you, if you've seen us. So we, we've talked about that. We've talked about that, honestly, for, for, for three years. We knew that, you know, sometimes the bats aren't going to be there. So we, we really uh, take pride in our base running, taking the extra base, being aggressive, hit and run, bunting, things like that, and I always, I've always told the boys for the last three years that you combine that aggressiveness, which could always be there, and then you add 
some hitting when the hitting when the bats wake up, and this is what you get. You get a team a team that we are this year. So uh, you know it's been it's been great. And if you look at this this little playoff run here, these last three games, you saw three different victories. You saw a tough. You know we didn't play well against Sleepy Hollow. Let's be honest. Chris, Chris wasn't on his on his game on the mound. He had six walks. Um, we were able to swing the bats pretty good. Didn't play good defense. I think we made three or four errors. I think that's a possible result of the uh, senior prom being the night before. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but so that, so we got to win that way. And then an awesome, awesome baseball game against uh, Byron Hill uh, uh, two days ago. And then yesterday was a nice, you know, like you said, convincing win. So it's kind of, you know, uh, three different ball games, kind of like, uh, you know, a microcosm of the whole season, to be honest. Well, and to win in this sort of playoff format, you, you need to be able to do it in a variety of ways. You need a complete team where you're not over-relying on one guy or on one facet of the game. And I think that's why a lot of people felt good about the team you guys had going into this tournament. Oh, yeah, that's that's exactly it. It's, uh, you know, the three the three pitchers, um, you know, we, we felt comfortable with any three guys. There's no worrying about the pitch count situation. Whoever You know, whoever is available, you know, it's all hands on deck, but – Sassano, Sabino, Scrimma, they can beat anyone. They've proven that all season. And as far as offensively, I mean, it's been a variety of different guys who have stepped up, you know. I mean, uh, guys have had great seasons, Flaherty, Scrimma, Sassano uh, in the middle. Canale's been hot um, as of late. Dolan was hot early. He's starting to warm up again. Dolan O'Castle, our leadoff hitter. Um, and even on the back on the back end, James McKiernan had a, had a very good season for us, you know. And then you, got, you had guys, uh, you know, some juniors, Guys like Jack McKee and Matt Russo, our two lefties there, they're starting to swing it. So it's, it's been good. And, you know, Russo had the only RBI um, against Byron Hills, the game-winning RBI. And he's, he's a guy that, you know, had a tough season. But we knew that, you know, we see it every day in practice and in the cage. You know, he's got a, got a great swing. And, and we knew he could uh, eventually bust out. So that's another, another nice bat, bat for us. I want to backtrack for a minute here and just talk about the way that this group has come together. I know that, you know, when we spoke a few years ago, the team was young, but you felt really good about the talent and the upside. And and I think that for you, it was probably important to get those guys some varsity exposure at those younger ages. That way now that they're upperclassmen, these guys, you know, they've been in the fire. They know what it's like in these situations. So do you, do you feel like this is something that you guys have been building towards and now this is the team where, you, where you've got a, a good group of seniors that have been around the program for a while and they're ready to do something special? No no doubt about it. This has been, you know, this has been um, actually four years in the making because, I, you know, today, today without, without a game today, and, I mean, the whole season, I feel like we've had a game every day. Today I was able to wake up and, and, and reflect a little bit on this group and really think about how far we've come. And if you look back, uh, I actually brought Dolan and Kevin um, up their freshman year for the playoff. For the playoffs, um, Sean Flaherty was an eighth grader at the time, and he was playing JV already. So I brought them up then, and knew we had a special group with those three guys. Their sophomore year, we struggled, um, but they still showed some fight, and they were good ball players. They were. They were young. Dolan wasn't as big as he is now, as tall as he is now. Sean wasn't as strong. He was a freshman. He still had a great year, but those those balls in the gap are now starting to get out, you know, and he's starting to drive, the, you know, obviously drive the baseball like he has all year. Um, and it's funny because last, you know, I got a ton of text messages last night, as you can imagine, and I got one from Danny Campbell. And if you remember Danny, Danny was our captain that sophomore year, and he said how proud he was. He, you know, he's playing at New Pulse now, doing a great job there. But he said how proud he was. 
uh, of us and, and, of, and of our team and excited for us. And I said, Danny. And we told him after we lost to Rye that year. We lost to Rye 3-1. We lost to Kirby. Kevin pitched that game, pitched great. And um, we said, Danny, you, you, you know, you, were, you, you laid the groundwork for this. Because he was, he was really uh, the first upperclassman to buy into our style of coaching and our program. And he got on board, then Dolan and Kevin got on board, and Sean, and now it's just taken off. So uh, that's, you know, it's a, credit, it's a credit to him. It's a credit to, uh, and then, uh, it's a credit to these guys too, Dolan, Kevin, and Sean, and Steve Canale and, and, and Joe Sassano and the guys we've had in the program now for three years. Yeah, and it has really obviously come together nicely. You guys are sitting there 19-4 and four now, heading to the section final. And I think, you know, in, in some ways we saw this coming. The playoffs are so crazy, and I especially felt like Class A was, was really up in the air this year. But you, you guys took care of your business. On the other side of the bracket, though, I want to get to that for a little bit. You look at Nyack, they come into the playoffs as the number 14 seed. They didn't win a single game in their first eight games of the season. I was at one of the games where you guys played them. You ended up sweeping them. You, you beat them pretty handily the day I was there. What have you seen from this Nyack ball club now where they've turned things around and now they're heading into the section final red hot? Yeah, I haven't, you know, I haven't been able to go see them play since our series. Um, obviously, they're a totally, totally different team, and all the credit in the world has to go to Joe DePama uh, and, and, and his assistant coaches for keeping that group focused and realizing that, you know, you always have a chance with the current format, no matter what your record is, as long as you get in the playoffs. And in this, you know, you have you have an opportunity to uh, do something special, and they've done it. Um, I, you know, they're they're a different team, and I'd also say we're a different team as well. You know, I think we've been good all season, but we've uh, that Nyack game, that first Nyack game was actually the first time we uh, we really pushed back. Like I've been talking about, uh, Tommy Muratore had a no hitter going uh, for I think six and six and a third inning, and then we we strung together a couple hits and and got that one run across. And, and and won the game, so you know to, you know it's great. It's just it's just uh, I'm I'm happy I'm happy for Joe. I'm happy for Nyack. Um, it's it's really we've come full circle. We swept them last year, you know, and then they beat us in the first round um, last year. So it's kind of come full circle, and here we are. Unfortunately, not at Boulder, but we'll uh, we'll make the make the trip up to Duchess for an all Rockland County final. Yeah, it is pretty it is pretty neat. I mean, what does it say about Rockland County and how much baseball is improving there, especially? in your league, because if you look at the history of the recent history of Class A, a lot of times we, we would look to that league that had, you know, Byron won a state championship a couple of years ago. Rye has been a section champion. Harrison has been a section champion. And then also up north in Westchester, you've got John Jay, which has kind of been the team to beat for a few years. Your league now, though, I, I don't think there's any way to dispute it now that you look at you and Nyack playing each other in the section final. Your league has kind of become that premier league in Class A. And if you look down in Class B, from your league, you've got Albertus Magnus playing for the title. So how, how much improvement have you seen from, from this Rockland County league that you guys play in? Well, well, I, you know, honestly, I, I've always said it, and, and the coaches in the room from our league, we've been saying it, you know, for year, for, for the last four years since I've been a head coach. You know, we, we feel that we have, uh, you know, if not one of the toughest, if not the toughest league in, in Class A, and we felt that way all along. You know, you, as you know, with the single-game format in the tournament, anyone can win. I mean, Brewster proved that last year. Nyack's proven that this year, no matter what your record is. And, and, uh, but in, in within our league, 
you know, within those eight games you play against your opponents, we've just been beating, you know, beating the crap out of each other every season. There was one season, I think, two years ago, where we were all – there was a chance that all of us were going to be four and four, you know, and we all would share the title, which is crazy. I think, uh, I think Albertus ended up winning it that year at five and three. So we just have tremendous games, and you've seen a bunch of them. I know you've come up and seen us. But the rest, you know, no one else really sees that because they're worrying about their own leagues. And then you see whoever whoever ends up at, on top and at the end of the tournament, you know, you, you assume that they're the best league. But, you know, I'll put our league up with anyone. Um, and, and the coaches the coaches are, are, are excellent coaches. You know, they're always well prepared. And, and it's a lot of fun. I, I honestly wish – I wish we would go to three-game series. I would I, – because those are the most exciting games. And then you get a real true league champion. Again, even this year – you know, us and TZ, we tied at six and two. It'd be great to break that tie with with three game series. You know, that's my opinion. But yeah, that would be interesting. I'd like to, you know, personally, we, we've talked about this. I'd like to see a three game format for the section championship. And I oh, spoke yeah. about it. I spoke a little bit about that at the beginning of the podcast. And I know you would be in favor of the same thing. Um, last thing I'll ask you in terms of you know looking ahead to this game on Saturday now. It seems to me, you know, I, you didn't you used two pitchers yesterday, and none of them really got too high in terms of pitch count. Uh, mm-hmm. I know Sabino uh, pitched the first game, uh, pitched a little bit yesterday. Sasano started. Scrimma pitched the game against Byram Hills on Tuesday that I saw. Is it safe to say that all three will be available and you can kind of mix and match a little bit for Saturday against Nyack? Oh, yeah, it's absolutely safe to say. And there's no, there's no secret there. Um, as, as far as uh, the pitching, the, all three are available. Um, you know, we kept them, I think, Joey and Chris both through 60 yesterday, so that's like an extended bullpen. And uh, Scrim is on uh, three days rest, which, he's, which he's, he's done all season long. He's thrown on, you know, with all the games. I mean, we've had – we came back from Myrtle Beach, spring break. We had, I think, 19 games in 30 days. That was, that was what we had. So they've been doing it all year. Uh, we've been able, you know, because of uh, because of their efficiency and the way they pitch, um, they've been able to keep their pitch counts low. And and yeah, all three are available. As are as, as is for Nyack. I know uh, Muratore threw 84 yesterday, but you know I know he's available as well. You know, so it's it's all hands on deck. This is what this is what high school baseball is all about. This is uh, this is good stuff. Yeah, it's definitely going to be fun. And I'm also curious. From the standpoint of you guys being so familiar with each other, you saw each other twice during the regular season. Does that change anything? Because there's, there's no real surprises with the game plan or anything like that. You you both kind of know what to expect from each other. Yeah, it doesn't change anything. You know, it's not it's not football or basketball in terms of schemes like that. Joey knows how I play. I know how how uh, how Joey's team plays, and you know we're just gonna you know we're not gonna change. I, I'm sure Nyack's not gonna change. Um, so. He knows what we're about, and we know what he's about, and may the best team win. All right, Mike, listen, I really appreciate you taking the time. Best of luck on Saturday. We'll obviously be there for for all four games. So we'll see you then, and uh, it should be a fun one. Thanks a lot, Ben. I'll see you Saturday. (laughs) 